Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to Spiritual AF, a manifestation podcast for success-driven humans. My name is Johnny Maria Gresta, and I am completely obsessed with helping you live a wildly fulfilling life where you are thriving in every way possible. I have helped thousands of humans get happier, healthier, and wealthier over the past 14 years, and now it's time for your own transformation. Let's get into today's episode. Good morning, Manifestation Beauties. Welcome back to Spiritual AF, a manifestation podcast for success-driven humans. That is you, success-driven human, here for all the manifestation stuff. (laughs) Apparently, there are multiple podcasts called Spiritual AF, which when I looked it up, there were not. And this weekend, I met some people And they were like, oh, you have a podcast? I love spirituality. I love manifestation. What is it? And then we were looking up Spiritual AF and a bunch of other podcasts came up. So not cool. I wonder if people are looking for me and are going the wrong place, you know, before you know my name or whatever. I don't know. I might have to switch it, even though I am obsessed with Spiritual AF. But it's fine. Whatever. You're here, right? You are here. It's a Monday. We got fire fucking energy. And if you don't, I'm going to share that with you today. Ooh, I woke up on the later side this morning. Actually, my alarm went off at 6 a.m. And then my husband was just so cuddly. He was so fucking cuddly. And I rarely get to cuddle him in the morning. And he's not a very cuddly sleeping human. You know, some people are either like, yeah, I love to cuddle. Or I don't in the evenings or the mornings. And um, normally he's up like, you know, 5 or 6 a.m. And he just kind of gets out of bed. And so I took advantage of it this morning and I was like, no, just stay and cuddle. And it was so magical. So I'm grateful for that. Then I woke up. I went straight to the gym in my apartment complex, which I realized I don't actually take full advantage of. Like I have this beautiful gym. Granted, it doesn't have a squat rack. And if it did, oh my goodness, I would be so much fucking happier with it. But um, I don't take advantage of it as often as I really probably should. So this morning I went there. I did my 20 minutes of stairs, and then I did a few shoulder workouts. I just don't really have a ton of energy, like, in terms of moving my physical body recently. I don't don't really know what's going on. So I did some stuff. I honored that, and I'm feeling really fucking good. I did my meditation by the pool, and then, like, the lawnmower dude was like, hey, he didn't really speak English, and... He was like, hey, like, you know, pointing to his thingy to, like, blow everything away. And I was like, you can't wait five minutes. He goes, I have to do it. And I was like, okay. And then (laughs) I just moved locations. I thought he wanted me to move so that he could actually do his job. But I think he was concerned of the fact that I was meditating and it was going to be really loud. And so I moved, but then he just kind of followed me. (laughs) And I kind of got annoyed because he woke me out of my meditation. I was very annoyed, actually. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, um, I realized, oh shit, he was actually just looking out for me. He was looking out for me by like, Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm sorry. I'm going to fuck up your meditation. Well, I can actually say in Spanish, Hey, don't worry. I don't need, um, silence during my meditation. But once I do that, you know, sometimes like you kind of speak a language to somebody and then they th- think you speak fluently and then they just like, blah, 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 and then. You're like, fuck, I don't understand that much. (laughs) Well, that's probably what would have happened. So I did not speak Spanish to him and I just walked away and it's fine. But I appreciate that. 
he actually gave a fuck that he was going to fuck up my meditation. So yeah, then I showered. Now I have some coffee and uh, I put on some clothing. One of my favorite things to wear in the summertime is uh, like white pants and like a colorful top. And that's what I'm in right now. And I know it's before Memorial Day. I don't think anyone cares about that. Is it Memorial Day like next week? I don't know. Whatever it is. Okay. Today's topic, important one, shifting your relationship with alcohol. I'm going to go through how I did it. I've made a bunch of podcasts on it, but it's been a while. We have a bunch of new people here. And yesterday I did a poll asking the humans, all of you guys on Instagram, what your relationship with alcohol is, or if you're interested in shifting it, or you're trying, or you already have. And we had a bunch of responses and y'all are still voting. So definitely go and vote and let me know. But, um... Yeah, I figured I'd share about how I shifted my relationship, why, and ultimately this is the process for shifting anything. So whether you're interested in shifting your relationship with alcohol or your body or, I don't know, your work, your relationships, it's just, it's literally just all the fucking same. So let's get into it. And I'll like break that down as I go through. Um, so you can have the steps if you want to write them down or take notes or whatever. You'll probably just like, it's really just an analysis of human behavior and shifting that I have, I don't know, developed over the past 14 years of studying humans very closely and working with thousands of humans. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I, my relationship with alcohol was, I don't know. I feel like normal. I grew up not really drinking at all. I had a godmother. My godmother was an alcoholic. She passed away in 2020 from alcoholism and Xanax overdose. But we're not going to get into that conversation of how doctors prescribe that. But anyway, it's fine. It was her time to go. It is what it is. Now, I grew up not really drinking because of that. It was very, like, shunned in my family. My family didn't really drink a lot because... You know, you didn't want to do it in front of the person who was the alcoholic. It was this like stigma thing associated with it. And it just, it really turned me off. I was never involved in drugs. I was never involved in like even weed when I was younger. Um, and I was not really a big drinker. And any, I, it's, it's interesting because I would like have a lot of friends who were, but then like when it came to actually hanging out with them outside of school, I was very much, um, not inclined to do so because they were very very big on partying they were very big on smoking weed they were very big on getting drunk and I was just like that's number one I was not allowed out after you know 9 p.m or 10 p.m for a very long time of my life (laughs) unless it was like my friends coming over my house who like lived across the street or I went there but like none of like we were just very studious people (laughs) very kind of sheltered ish people I guess you might say and um had I actually been involved with those people outside of school and, you know, been partying with them and stuff, I actually probably would have met my husband way sooner because we had similar friends, but he actually hung out with them outside of school. He was in a different school and I just didn't. So had we actually met or like, had I been involved in like the alcohol and weed scene and whatever else people were doing, I didn't even know anything else existed at that point. (laughs) I probably would have met him a lot sooner. Maybe we wouldn't have even been together. Oh my goodness. Had we, had we met in that capacity because then I grew up and I was like I don't want to be involved in that at all so 
yeah, I was pretty much sober for most of my life. Like I would occasionally drink, you know, here and there when I was younger, un- underage, whatever. Um, but it just was never like a, a, a thing that I did. My friends and I really hung out and we shopped a lot. We went out to dinners. We would bake. We would go on walks. <laughs> kind of everything I do now. <laughs> Am I the same human from when I was like, you know, 12 and 16 years old? Probably. <laughs> um yeah. And so moral of the story, I became 21 and I had already been with my husband for about a year and he was a huge partier. He was huge into, um, alcohol. He was huge into different types of drugs. He was huge into weed and, um, he, he slowed down a lot to be with me. Like he stopped smoking weed for a year. Um, he slowed down drinking a lot. He, you know, stopped taking drugs. I, that was like a standard that I had. I was like, Hey, no, not available for that. Um, and then I, I started training some people who were, who I got really close to and personal training them. And they were big potheads and they're like, listen, like, it's really not a bad thing. Like, what if you just try it with us? And I actually like felt interested in it. Also, one of my good friends was like, oh, let's take Molly on your 20, 21st birthday. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I took Molly before I did anything else. But anyway, moving on, (laughs) you know, they say like weed is the gateway drug or whatever. No, (laughs) I don't know. I just jumped straight to to Molly. But anyway, moving on with life. I currently don't do any of that. (laughs) But um, yeah, I started like dabbling into it and started, you know, loosening up a little bit and enjoying life in that way a little more. And I don't know, slowly but surely, my relationship with alcohol just kind of creeped up. It started to become like, a weekly thing like if we went to brunch or if we went to dinner and then I would go out with some family members and um some family members of my in-laws family like do drink quite often sorry coffee break so it kind of just became more normal you know I went from being around a family who never drank because we had an alcoholic to somebody to a family that you know bonded over drinking And I'm not saying anything bad about them. They're all wonderful people. However you choose to use alcohol or anybody does is beautiful. Like that's completely on you. And I respect you and I honor you for everything. So um, it just kind of slowly crept up. So it became more normal and more normal and more normal. And growing up in New York, you know, going out to expensive dinners and, you know, grabbing a drink beforehand and, Um, you know, every, who has a party, who has this, who has that. And alcohol was just so normalized. I mean, especially here in Texas too, I would say it's probably more normalized here in Texas. Like the amount of drinking is, is crazy. And alcohol is way cheaper here, especially like beers and stuff. So, uh, and it's more accessible. You can get, um, a lot, a lot of different types of alcohol in like regular grocery stores, you know? So again, it just became more normal and more normal and more normal. So throughout like my early twenties, it started to become, something that, you know, I kind of shifted from enjoying life the way that I explained before of just like baking and cooking and, um, you know, growing or uh, playing piano or hanging out with people and chatting. And like, I would have dinner parties with friends and it was really hysterical. It's actually a really funny story. Um, it was like the first time, one of the first times Joe, Joseph had met Joseph, my current husband or my only husband. <laughs> I've never been married before, but he's my current husband. 
And um, he didn't really understand my way of living of like not drinking, not partying and stuff like that. And so I invited him over to a party at my house. And he was like, cool, like, what do you want me to bring? And whoever said was like, hey, like, let's, let's have him bring a cooler. Does he have a cooler? And he was and he was like, yeah, I have a cooler. So he brought it over. Granted, my version of a party was like eight people. I think it was like, I had a gay couple that we were really close to two sisters a best friend, maybe like one or two of their boyfriends or whoever, and then my sister. And <laughs> he came over expecting there to be like, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 people, because that's the parties that he used to throw. So he came with this huge ass fucking cooler. It was like a four foot cooler. And we were just like, oh, we were just going to put some waters in it. And like, maybe we had a bottle of wine or something. I don't know. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it was quite hysterical. He like didn't know what he was walking into. He expected like let's party, and we were like no, let's like sit in the backyard and talk. And like, yeah, I think one of my friends was sober at that time. He had gone through um, his own problems with alcohol, and so it just wasn't a big thing. You know what I mean? So it was it was very funny. <laughs> and so throughout my twenties, it just became more normalized, more normalized. It became like from a one time a week thing and like one or two glasses of you know alcohol to like three glasses and as I um you know got further into wanting to change my body wanting to be really lean etc like the drink that you kind of drink is vodka and club soda or tequila and club soda and lime you know something of that nature and you know so it was just hard alcohol so it and then it became multiple times a week then it became you know margaritas and it became wine then it became just kind of everything you know sometimes shots I mean there was a point where we went I remember we went out to Brooklyn with my in-laws which they were just you know I wasn't married at that time but we went to Brooklyn and we had a few margaritas and Joseph and I determined we like and we went to dinner and we determined we, we weren't drunk enough I don't know we were going home why do we need to be more drunk I couldn't really tell you but we like went in and like before we went back out to the car like we both got a double shot of tequila and downed it before we went into the car to to literally go home <laughs> and I laugh because now I just I don't think I even assess like what is the purpose of this in my life you know what I mean it just again it was just normal it was just fucking normal you sat down the waiter comes over what do you want to drink you know so it, it, it you could be fucking starving and you start drinking before you eat any food you know and it's just, I never really questioned it, but slowly but surely it kind of became more and more and more toxic. You know, I don't think necessarily using it in scenarios where you're going out to eat or anything like that is necessarily bad. I do think that alcohol itself doesn't make us feel good. I think it, um, I mean, I can go through the science of the metabolism of it and the toxicity of it and the um, prioritization of metabolizing our alcohol when we consume it over our food and the malnourishment that comes with that and all of that stuff but I don't really care to do that um it just makes you feel like shit you know what I mean it makes you feel good in the moment and then you start getting a, like tipsy and then you're like I need more you know what I mean you kind of like pass that sh threshold and then it becomes more and more and more and more and then eventually it stops feeling good right if we're looking at just like one session of drinking and then the next day you're like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. And then you do it again, right? So 
it, it slowly but surely became more toxic because I started needing more and more to get that feeling, right? That's the meta the metabolic pathways of that adapt really fucking quickly to where our metabolism becomes trained to metabolize the alcohol quicker and quicker. And therefore you need more and more and more to actually feel something and get drunk. So it became, you know, from one or two drinks when I was younger to then three to then four. And then I want to say the first time I realized that this probably wasn't the best relationship with it was back in 2019. It was uh, Valentine's Day and we had gone out to Tao. So it's a, a really like upscale kind of nice restaurant. They have um, one in Vegas as well, but we went to the one in Manhattan and we went there and we literally drank a bottle of wine each. <laughs> Granted, it was over a few hours and we didn't feel anything like we got a little buzz and then it just went away. And I was like, what am I going to have more? <laughs> you know, and it just I, I think that that's one of the first times I realized that alcohol was just not like it was not serving me. I'm like, what am I what I need to drink a bottle and a half to get drunk like that? That's that's excessive. You know what I mean? And so um, there were also times where we were just so stressed when we owned one of our businesses and we just would drink while we were cooking or, um, you know, just getting things done. And we were just so stressed that that became the enjoyed, enjoyment part of it. You know, it's almost like we lost the enjoyment of the reason why we were building our business. And then we were um, masking it with like, okay, let me just drink. And like, you know, yeah, <laughs> even if we didn't get drunk, it just became the thing. And the first time I decided to try being sober, I think it was April 2019. My coach at the time was doing like a dry April or something. Is that Lent? I don't know. Is is I don't know. Whatever it was, she was going dry for April. And I was like, you know what? Let me do it. She inspired me. Something was just like, hey, do this. So I did it with her. And I did it with my uh, the person who I was living with at the time as well. Joe and I had a roommate when we first moved to Austin. And we did a dry april and it was hard dude it was it was really fucking hard but at the end of it i was like my body not only looked so much better but i felt so much better i felt so much more grounded it was at the start of like me becoming a more spiritual human and it just i was like i don't ever want to go back to that and of course we stopped our dry april on cinco de mayo and we um got really drunk oh my goodness you're just down in tequila shots and margaritas and it it was not a good experience <laughs> so of course I, I fell back into right that that like oh my goodness this doesn't feel good I need to shift this but I wasn't fully ready to go dry I wasn't fully ready to go sober and so over the years like I think in 2021 I decided to go I had gone back to like getting drunk. It wasn't as often, except during COVID. I mean, during COVID, just bottles would like pile up throughout the week between me, Joseph, and my roommate. Um, White Claws obviously were a huge thing at that time. I made so much money during COVID. Oh my goodness. And, you know, I was able to maintain a body that I really loved and a business that I really loved. And also drinking was just 
high at that time. And I mean, we had a lot of fun during COVID. Oh my goodness. I'm very grateful that the fact that we had a roommate during COVID because we had so many amazing nights. <laughs> and I mean, even when we were sober, we had a lot of fun too. But um, just slowly but surely, I realized that this habit was just not something that was serving me because I felt better sober. I think that was the thing. I just realized that I felt better sober. I felt more like myself. I felt more grounded. I felt more clear. I felt more energized. I ate better. I, you know, and it was like the first time that I started shifting it from like, oh, um, you know, I shouldn't do this because I'm going to gain weight to a place of it just doesn't make me feel good. And that was one of the messages I really wanted to deliver to you guys today is the fact that because something doesn't make you feel good or because it does make you feel good is enough of a reason to have it or not have it in your life. Like you don't need any more or less of a reason. Saying I don't like this or I do like this is enough. And I want to give you that permission slip, whether it's with alcohol or whatever, to acknowledge that, hey, this makes me feel good and hey, this doesn't make me feel good. And follow that, follow that. Where It's a manifestation podcast. We talk about feelings all the fucking time. It's a spirituality podcast. We talk about feelings all the time. But you know, shifting something because it makes you feel good versus or doesn't make you feel good versus shifting something in the external world like, oh, I shouldn't drink because I need to lose weight or I shouldn't do this because it's going to fuck up this. It just one feels detached when you're trying to change something just because you want to change the external world. The habit doesn't stick, which is why being sober before or shifting my relationship with alcohol just because I wanted a different body. It didn't work because you can really you can get around that. I had a amazing body and still drank a fuck ton of alcohol so you need to find something deeper so if you're looking to shift anything in your life we've heard this time and time and time again but find be connected to this makes me feel good or this doesn't make me feel good and use that as your guidance system for whether or not you're going to drink that day or whether or not you are going to eat something or whether or not you are going to work out or whether or not you're going to stay at your job you know what i mean you know, we, we talk about mental health a lot and we talk about um, the prioritization of that in just our everyday life, but it, it really just comes down to more than honoring the fact that, hey, I have anxiety or, hey, you know, this is a problem in my life or, hey, I feel like shit the next day, let me relax. It really goes to, or, hey, I'm burnt out, let me just take days off. It really goes to this action doesn't make me feel good and this actually does make me feel good. So now you start to realign your entire life with things that actually make you feel good versus things that don't. And so when I started with this internal intention, this was also at the beginning of my manifestation journey, I realized how deeply this alcohol in my body just did not make me thrive. And of course, it was a challenge. By by 2021, um, I think it was March? Yeah, I think it was March, I decided to go completely sober from weed and alcohol. I had been like teetering on it for a while and like I had been cutting it down for a really long time. I was smoking weed nightly before that or almost nightly and it just, you know, drinking every weekend or most weekends and even if I wasn't getting like, you know, drunk, like insanely drunk, it was still enough where it inhibited me, you know, throughout the week and it just made me feel like shit and so... Um, by 2021, I decided to fully go sober. So again, like you decide what you want, you start to acknowledge, hey, 
I don't really like the way that this is making me feel or I keep repeating this pattern and it doesn't feel good. That's step one, acknowledge it. Step two is then finding the internal reason of like, okay, well, what does it shift within me that doesn't make me feel good? And how does that not necessarily fuck up my goals in life, but how does that just impact me on a day-to-day basis fuck the goals like when you're so connected internally to yourself and what makes you feel good the goals themselves just follow that's the process i teach around manifestation the goals just fucking follow like the success just follows so focus on that internal feeling of i don't want to feel this anymore or i do want to feel this anymore right and then what happens step three is like you kind of teeter for a little bit very rarely will you ever decide you want something and like it would just be an easy like okay i'm gonna cut it out okay i'm just gonna you know include it it's usually a teetering for a little bit it's usually you go back to old ways of being for a little bit then you re-realize and deepen your connection to hey this doesn't make me feel good or this does make me feel good and then you reconnect you reconnect you reconnect every single time you repeat that pattern or don't repeat that pattern and then you, your, your body creates a new way of being around it this is step four your body creates a whole new way of being around it then it starts to say i don't want alcohol anymore or i do want alcohol or whatever the thing is or i do want to be an entrepreneur or i don't want to be an entrepreneur or i do want to lose weight or i don't want to lose weight or i do want to do cardio or i don't want to do cardio you know you create a whole new way of being that it becomes normal so 2021 i decided to cut it out for the rest of the year i said let me go to the end of the year and let me see how i feel and this was also at the same time as my husband and I separating for a little bit. I lived in Colorado. He stayed in Austin. And I thought that it was going to be really challenging. I was like, oh, fuck, like, how am I going to meet people? And, you know, what am I going to do all day? I'm going to be by myself. I'm used to being with him all the time. You know, I was kind of scared, you know, because alcohol is really just such a social thing. But what actually happened was it actually was really easy because I replaced it with things that actually really served me. I made sure I was in bed by 9 p.m. most nights, if not all nights of the time when I was not with him. Um, I made sure that I found other ways to connect. I joined a women's spiritual group. Um, I went to a yoga studio. I made friends there. You know, I put myself in different scenarios with people and it just it was easy it was so fucking easy. And so I just continued it when I came home and I went nine months literally without any alcohol, not even a sip. And then, um, yeah, 2022, I invited it back a little bit. And sometimes like I noticed myself wanting it more and craving it more. And I was like, I don't want that. I liked how I felt better having other outlets for exploration of my life and meeting people. And now it's more, and I went sober again for however long I went sober, six months or whatever it was. And then now it's more just like a, sometimes like I'll be out with family or like when I was back home for Christmas, like um, just like cooking with uh, Joe's Nana and cooking with my mother-in-law or my family or whatever. Like it was more just like for the experience. Um, But after two glasses, I'd be like, okay, I kind of feel it. So I'm done. (laughs) I wouldn't have more. I haven't been drunk in who knows how long, years at this point. And um, now it's more just like Saturday. I went to a party for a friend who's moving from Austin to Colorado. And we used to really connect over drinking when I first got to Austin. And, um, you know, her friends were there and they were drinking. It wasn't like a super like, you know, get drunk and get crazy party whatsoever. We were chilling in her backyard, like making s'mores. But everybody was drinking, some people heavier than others. And 
Um, Joe certainly drank a decent amount. And the next day he's like, I don't know why the fuck I did that. He goes, that feels like shit. No, I, I don't think I want alcohol in my life, which kind of sparked this entire conversation. But moral of the story is that I teetered for a long time. And now I'm at a place where I went to the party and I had no desire for it. It didn't even cross my mind at all of like, hey, do you want some? Or I used to have to like resist, you know, having some. And I used to have to like confirm to myself, Johnny, remember, it makes you feel like shit. That's why we don't do it. Or I might have had like a glass and started a little bit and then gave it to Joe and be like, I don't want this. So you'll go through that like back and forth for a long time. And I'm sure I'll have those experiences moving forward as well. But now it's more just like a genuine distaste for how it makes my body feel, even just one glass. And again, I haven't even drank anything besides wine in years at this point. Like, I'm sure I've tasted a margarita from somebody or whatever, but generally I haven't had a glass of anything other than wine or beer um, in three or so years, maybe since 2020. Yeah, since 2020. So yeah, it's about three years, which is crazy, crazy, fucking crazy. So I wanted to share this story, number one, to share the normalcy of not wanting alcohol to be normal in your life. Number two, I wanted to share the back and forthness that happens. It happens with any goal. It happens with any decisions we make in our life. And that's okay. You know, don't put pressure on yourself to have it perfect. Don't put pressure on yourself to have it figured out. Just ride the wave of navigating. This makes me feel good. This doesn't. And I'm still a human and I get to fuck it up and that's okay. And it's not even fucking it up. It's just exploring. You know, there were times when I had decided I was going to go sober and then like, I would invite it back into my life and it was a challenge. And so you're not going to get from point A to point Z fucking overnight, you know, and you might feel like, oh, well, you've declared before or you've tried to shift it before. And dude, it's okay. It's fucking okay. I listened to something by Swan Teal, I think is her name. I don't know if it's her real name. It probably isn't. She's big in like the femininity world. And she was saying like how we expect spiritual teachers to just be like perfect, And if they show the fact that they're not perfect and they don't have it all together or they fuck up or they say something or they drink alcohol or whatever like is banned in, you know, the idea of what a spiritual teacher should be, we don't respect them. But inherently what that creates is a sense of we need to be perfect. And that's literally the the least unspiritual thing that we can ever think about ourselves. So give yourself grace. I'm here to share my experience. I'm here to teach from my experience. I'm here to teach from the downloads I get from the universe and my connection to it. And that's literally like allow yourself to be a fucking human. End of story. But yeah, I hope that this inspired you. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know where you are on your alcohol shifting journey. Or maybe you don't fucking care to shift it and you just wanted to listen. That's also totally valid. So, okay, loves. Thank you for being here. Happy Monday. And I hope you have the most amazing week.